0: All good. Good. So you went skiing this weekend?
1: Skiing. Red River, New Mexico. It's a blast. Ma- they got mountains there? They do. Uh, about an eight-hour drive from ok- Oki City. Yeah. We it's go my once, or, once or twice a year. It's great. Yeah. And Jack, year, Jackie, get to ride? Yeah. So this year is a little different. Uh, little background. I got 10-year-old twins, right, for the listeners and viewers. My son has a neuromuscular disease, so he often has to sit out when we do a lot of these things. But uh, this year, Red River started this adaptive ski program. So no. he got to get on the slopes and do some skiing. Was, and like
2: their ski instructors help and yeah, all that? Yeah, so
1: uh, Red River what kind of wreck. He have those center? super skis under his butt, or what do you do? Yeah, so you kind of sit in this little seat bucket, uh, and it's on two little skis with some outriggers. And he had two guides with him. That's connected badass. to a couple tethers and he got to go up the lift and did like 30 runs down this, uh, this little green 30 runs over and over and over. I'm and going over to Red River again. this week and I'm not going to do 30 runs. I told him when we, cause they, they take him up to the lift and they pull a pin and they, they explained everything. They were fantastic. The, the ski lift goes under, scoops him up. He unloads just like normal. They just mm-hmm. ski right off the lift. And I told him after, like, the third or fourth run, because he's all strapped into this thing. I'm like, we'll do this. We've got this for three hours. We'll do this as many times as you want, or we'll take a break whenever you want, you mm-hmm. know? And uh, he just kept saying, go, go, go. That's and so bad. I was just uh, having the best time, man. He, uh, Yeah. Yeah, and the gu- he got, got along great with the guides. He's, he's a funny kid, and there were a couple of little... You know, early 20s stoner snowboarders. And Jack uh, definitely is a smartass. <laughs> yeah. Archie Jack. Sure is.
2: <laughs> yeah. I didn't, uh, I think I'm going there this week. Uh, we went down to Texas, went down to watch the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning play the Dallas Stars. Um, you know, I'm from Florida. You know that. <clears throat> Diehard die Tampa Bay sports, all sports.
1: You, Not a big you, hockey player. Uh, Plays yeah. Here in Oklahoma City, so well, they are. They have the, I, well, the, they the
2: Blazers, the, they have right. the minor league team, yeah. and everybody's pissed off that right. they left years that's ago. Right. But we went down there, it was a great game. Lightning won, uh, you know, with like 30 seconds to go, it was a great game, and that's great. And then I went to yesterday, what day is today? Yesterday, it's Monday, we, yeah. We went to the aquarium in Dallas, they got the big old gators, they got Cayman, they got the the sloth, and they got a sloth, Who's I've been just there. literally across the, the rope. Out, it's not, not in out a in the open, it's not cage, in a cage or anything yeah. like that. Um, I almost got a fight. And it wasn't what? and it wasn't because I was running my mouth. It's normally because I'm running my well, kind of was. There was there was a gator there or a caiman. You know, like a South American caiman. And we were looking at it and there was we it was like two sides of the little pond. And I saw I was looking at the the caiman and a rock hit it, like a little like a well, little pebble.
1: So I'm not from Florida, but yeah. I C- know you've Cayman got, you've got, you've got freshwater dinosaurs, saltwater dinosaurs, right. and skinny nose dinosaurs. Well, and the got caiman's saw- a skinny nose well, dinosaur, well, well, there's Well, right? there's, there's, there's Florida crocodiles,
2: there's Florida American alligators in Florida, um, but the caiman are from South America and they're, they're basically like alligators, but they're smaller and they live in, they live in <laughs> South America. Anyway, there's one sitting there and a pebble hit it. And I looked over at this guy, a big old dude, and he's got his wife and his kids there and everything. And he's, 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 try, he's trying, a... he's trying, to pick up more pebbles. This is a grown man, you know. He's my age. He's gr- he's grown folk, and he uh, he's picking up some more pebbles. And I said, hey man, don't don't, throw rocks don't, don't throw the rocks don't throw rocks at the at the gator, man. <laughs> and he flipped out and oh, no. said, you know, said, said some. Adult language words to me and hurt your feelings. I thought we were gonna get in a fight, man. I was I was a little nervous. Mm. I was my wife was gonna back me up. But anyway, yeah, that was my weekend, man. And and I and I know we were gonna record today and we were gonna chat about um he had sent me something about that medication error thing and yeah. and, and a couple other stories, but the story of Javante Williams came up and um I really think that this is a this is a great thing to dive, dive into and I agree. I'd, I'd heard about the story because it had been out for quite a while. Because um, this whole situation with him happened seven, eight months ago, but the the um, the chest cam was just released last week, yeah, or ten days ago, or something like that. And
1: S- and so I started watching those. I'm like, this is, yeah, yeah. So from my point of view, for for everybody that's listening, I found about found out about this today. When you said this is what I think we need right. to discuss, um, we haven't talked All about right. this. So uh, I think that there's a lot of education. There's a lot that can be learned from this call. I'm interested to see your point of view and, yep, yep. and where I'm coming from on this, and um, and to really dive into it. And and yeah, it's a good one. And hopefully, well, it's not a good one. But somebody's it's a good gonna, learning. Yeah. Well, it's a it's a wild one for sure. It's a wild um, one. But I do think that it's a common occurrence. This oh, one absolutely. caught media attention, but I think that this uh, this happens uh, more frequently than we think, right? right and right. Um, and Let I yeah, I think it's a the, good I the, think it's a really great topic. It's a good yeah. call to discuss and I think there's a lot to learn from it. So go, go to the
2: the the PD1 so the who, let me just kind of lay it out, because the last one I didn't really lay it out too much. So, so I have some good ground, ground story or background story of what we're talking about. So this this is a 911 call that took place, and it involves three agencies. It takes place in Charlotte, North Carolina. Right. Uh, you've got law enforcement, you've got fire department, and we have got EMS service. And dispatch kind of plays a role in there too, but we're really going to focus on police department, fire department, EMS. The police department is Charlotte Mecklenburg Police. Now, they are a unique police department uh, in that they are kind of more like a metro PD because they cover, they're, they're kind of a city department, but they cover far more than the city of Charlotte. Yeah, it's Mecklenburg
1: uh, County, I think, also, right? So yeah, it's the kind count, of Yeah, the county
2: is Mecklenburg, but... It's, there's no sheriff. There's no sheriff in town. Or there might be a sheriff, but they don't provide I don't, I don't know, law enforcement. The law enforcement for the whole county is done by Charlotte Mecklenburg Police Department. So they're kind of like a metro department, kind of like Las Vegas or something like that. And I think there's like one or two counties in uh, North Carolina that are that are like this. Anyway, so they're a huge department. They've got a gazillion employees. They've got all the different divisions of SWAT and and – and, and traffic and
1: investigations. Yeah, and, Charlotte's and, a big city.
2: Yeah, yeah, beautiful beautiful Big place. territory,
1: I, I guess we could say. You know. it's,
2: it's a beautiful place. I think it's like 300 square miles, so it's a, pr- it's a pretty big area. And um, that's, that's the PD that we're working with. And and Charlotte Mecklenburg has been involved in a couple things in the past. I'm not going to go into them mm. in depth, but uh, if you remember Jonathan Farrell. Ren- Lennon, do you know who that is? Mm. No. He, he's, he's a college football player. Car broke down. Calls calls the ambulance or calls for police or whatever. Police show he, up yeah, he and, and he starts running at him mm. and he and he gets shot and killed and and then the the officer got charged with voluntary manslaughter. He gets uh, tra- goes to trial and then it goes to a mistrial. So now you have um, you know probably not very good relations with the community yeah. at that point. And then there was another one with the with the Keith Lamont Scott thing that was a Different incident, um, you know, involving a gun, involving you know smoking weed and smoking a blunt, and pissed off one of the cops, and they got into it, and then he got shot dead, and it ended up being a justified shooting. But um, I don't really know the ins and outs of those stories. But the point is, is that yeah. they they've been in the national news. Charlotte Mecklenburg has been been in the national news for
1: yeah, you know that kind of, that, that
2: that kind of thing in, in the past. Um, the other one, you go one over, led into the. Fire department is um, is their fire department. And it looks like a so super badass yeah. department. You know, it's got 43 stations. I mean, that's a huge department. Is that
1: a fighter jet on top left there?
2: Yes, yeah, so I think that is a fighter jet. It's probably at a playground or something. No, it's got, it looks <laughs> like it's got a pilot there. So is I don't he, know. He's in the cockpit. Oh, no, he's standing in no, front. He's, no, I he's, stand, in, okay. he's standing I see, right Okay, there.
1: there. But anyway. Big, okay, so big city, fire department. Probably a combination of ALS and BLS engines, right? So I don't know if they have
2: any ALS engines. They very well may, but the point is, is that they have a minimum staffing of everybody's got to be an EMT, is what it shows on their website. Um, they they may have paramedics that work there, but at a minimum, they got at be a minimum EMTs. everybody's EMT, and basic. so you know they're going to show up if they get called by emergency medical dispatch um, to provide at least basic life support on. On their medical calls, right, mm-hmm. and then the third person that we're, or the third entity that we're working with is, it's just called
1: Medic. Yeah, I, I looked at this website earlier today too. So this is their EMS agency,
2: right? And so I don't I don't know if, how Medic is funded, if it's a government organization or if it's a public utility model, but they're a huge agency. They've got all the different. Um, you know, specialties like SWAT and game day coverages and special events and all, all the and, and incident command and
1: yeah, I mean, I, I was pretty impressed with their website here. Uh, so it, it looks like they've got you know the, they they su- support the tactical team. Um, they have like an in house um, or or they do some kind of EMT to paramedic concurrent employment where they'll right, help you right. get your paramedic uh, certification. Um, I, I like that they have like a physical fitness test to get in. I Doesn't think everybody? That, I don't think, all agencies have uh, it? It's not cl- super evident by this picture here, but um, I think that that's, you know, that's <laughs> lacking. But the most important part that I've seen on it is that they work a 40-hour week made up of like eight, 10, and 12-hour shifts, which I think we're all on right. the same page uh, that in the current EMS model... Busy metropolitans should probably not be twenty-four hour shifts anymore. I'm yeah, really. I'm not a fan of
2: the twenty-four hour shifts for busy busy places. But <clears throat> we'll. Uh, but it
1: looks like they're above board on on a lot of stuff here. I, I was really impressed by um, by and their it's, website and it's, and it's and a I cool picture. It, it, so it's, yeah, yeah, a school bus. <laughs> so yeah,
2: so these MCI are the these, these are the folks who we're working with. And so, um, you know, you, you go over to that fir- first video, Lynn, and and we're gonna we'll start this video in a second. But basically, what we've got is. Um, you know, a regular suburban neighborhood. It doesn't look like a um it doesn't look like an apartment complex or anything, maybe lots that are maybe about an acre in size, yeah, something like that. I, that's what I got. You've you've got a lady who is uh she's in her house. It's two o'clock in the morning. It's one fifty-eight in the morning, so it's two o'clock in the morning, and she hears somebody trying to get in her house and she hears gunshots, she calls 911. Barricades herself in a closet, which has got to be the scariest thing in the world. Sure. And so, um, and and on what's important, you know, be, besides just saying that there was gunshots, you could hear the gunshots on the dispatch. Oh, D- dispatchers okay. said that they heard a one or two gunshots o- over over yeah. the neighborhood. So
1: I've, I haven't looked into any of the dispatch stuff. I understand that they've released twenty two videos. Um, uh, of this, I watched one video, and I think that I got everything out of that one video that I need to make. Yeah, a if good yeah,
2: if the viewers are watching and this. you watch the the one here that's called Release Number One, you could probably get ninety five percent of it. There's a couple things that we'll get from some of the other videos because we're not going to watch the whole things or sure. anything. But but yeah, you're right. So go ahead and play it. Let them see like where 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 we're at.
1: So it looks like this officer's kind of clearing the outside of this house. He's he's calling for the call taker to come to the door. I think she's opening the door right now. On out here. I'm right. not sure. There's a shell casing on your front porch right here, though. She doesn't know what a shell casing means. Was, was all this stuff like this, your yeah. plants and stuff? No. Okay. Stay in the house for me for a second.
0: directly to the
2: Yeah, so pause it. And so I saw online somebody was complaining about this, that he kind of dismissed her, but, you know, he, he – he, He's responded for shots fired, so he's probably a little bit on edge anyway. He sees a shell casing. Lady's freaked out. But on his radio, they're telling him, hey, there's something going on next door. And so that's why he says-
1: I I think it's completely appropriate to say outside is unknown. Inside still looks good. And to tell this lady, kind of barricade yourself back. Shut the door. Stay inside. Let us figure out what's going on. We'll be back with you in a little bit. I think that he- I think that he handled that uh, appropriately. Yeah, go ahead, buddy. Sure. And so now, you
2: know, he's gone back to his cruiser, and I think he's getting his AR out. Yeah, no, he's,
1: he releases his rifle here. Uh, I love how calm and collected he is during this whole thing. I'll bet that this is not the first time that this guy has yeah. trained or seen um, situations like this. Yeah, he's he's certainly pretty chill. Yeah. Watch, watch him... Uh, Clear this, clear this rifle, and everything is calm and methodical. I've got that same red dot. He turned his turned his red dot on, slings his rifle. I think he makes sure it around chambered here. There it is, and now he's gonna to go to work. But look at how calm he is, because you gotta kind of think that 712. there's I have
0: rifle deployed. And if you can close the channel, please.
1: I mean, look at how calm that was. So he he says. He's thinking to himself, I'm not sure what's going on here. Let's isolate this channel so we don't have, you know, traffic uh, walking on each other. And he's kind of, he doesn't have 360 degree field of fire here, but mm-hmm. I mean, you don't really know where the threat is from, but we know that there is a threat because we've already right. got shot so fired. Yeah, so we trying, know there's a weapon to, involved, right?
2: And they're, and they're trying to find this guy. And so go ahead, buddy. And they, they, they're... He walks literally to the next house. There's a big tree line in between the houses.
1: I hear some yelling in the back there.
2: Yeah, there's 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 some screaming going on. He talks with these officers here, and then a homeowner comes comes running up right here. Right,
0: rifle up, light on. See, my dad woke up. like a weapon or anything? Um, I don't know. We're making contact right now. We're moving Okay, so good pause
2: it. So so the the next door neighbor comes up, is like, dude, this guy's some guy's flipping out on my back porch right. trying to get in the house and he doesn't know whether or not he's gonna he say something about
1: his dad too? I think
2: his dad's in the house. Okay. His, so there's family in the house. Okay. All right. Yeah. So there's there's several people. house is there. occupied. Yeah. And so then this same officer that now he, he's kind of like around the side of the house and there's kind of like a side porch in the driveway.
1: Uh, uh, one of the things I noticed as, as he's coming up, so I mean, I, I'm going to kind of provide a little bit of um, some of the details I've seen coming working with the SWAT team for, you know, the last 10 yep. years is he's kind of moving from cover to cover. I think that this officer. Dude, I can't say enough good things about him. He's cool, calm, collected. He's very confident in his abilities. He's 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 moving from cover to cover. He's illuminating uh, downrange here and and really getting a scene assessment or a situational assessment of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, go ahead, buddy.
2: And so he's pointing at the house, he's pointing his light at the house. He's got the coolest stream light I've ever seen. It's like
1: super bright. See how he's, he's moving uh, he's from co- you know cover and concealment?
2: It's the police! Show yourself! And so the guy he's talking to is at the end of this porch. I don't know that
1: he can see him yet, but he can hear him and he's got kind right. of a hey, general come idea. Come the
0: open and show yourself! Tell do that shit! do that shit! Black man on the porch. Okay. Do you, are, so. you, are you,
1: are you, you're probably hearing and understanding what I am at this point? Yeah, good, yeah. pause it.
2: And so, and so. You know, there's all this t- this talk around the country about you know sending mental health counselors to calls or or uh, licensed professional counselors or who- whoever. And while I'm confident that a mental health counselor would have on this call probably had zero contact with the patient, mm-hmm. just if the if a counselor was here as part of this scene somewhere, which they do some places, like the city of Tulsa has. Uh, you know, on a call like this would have an automatic dispatch of a mental health counselor with fire and PD on this call. And so however they embed themselves with the unit, I don't know. Um, But if just having one there at this point, they would immediately know that this is a a psychiatric call. Mm -hmm. It certainly could still be dangerous. Nobody, at least not me, would ever call for these cops to not be there. The cops should be there. And They should be armed and they should have ARs and they should be pointing it at the guy because they have um, uh, uh, shots fired. They've got shells on the ground. They've got bullet holes in the the, the other house. By all means, this guy should be considered armed and dangerous or whatever. Um, But at the same time, there's an element of assessing the situation and and knowing that this is a psychiatric call, which most law enforcement, that's not their specialty, right? Right. And so – but it, but in this case, it doesn't really seem to matter with this call. Yeah, which, which I think we'll you, find. you have that,
1: to kind of try and look at this with an unbiased eye. I mean, I heard within the first two two sentences he said, <laughs> I could hear his breathing. Uh, he's incoherent, and so I've already right, developed right. an opinion. I don't. I don't want to say I don't expect law enforcement to be able to recognize that, but it's becoming more common, right? right? Maybe, yeah, and 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 I. Th- I think that they do. Right. Yeah. Good, good, pl- good, and play it, Lennon. So he's still behind cover here. We still have to assume that this guy is, is armed. And even if he is having a psychotic episode, he can still hey, my name's shoot a gun.
2: Officer Abrama, what's yours?
1: Look at that. I love that. This is super cool. Yeah, developing kind of a rapport. Uh, Sir, show me your hands. He introduced himself. He's given clear commands. We don't have ten people screaming at this guy all at the same time.
0: He's got some sort of blanket over his hands. I can't see him.
1: He's communicating with all of his buddies. Sir! They probably got multiple fields of cover. You know, I'm sure that there's two or three other officers in different vantage points we'll that are nine. trying to look. With cuffs. Right. And so, so what's he doing now? It looks like he's trying to get in that front Our door. Our hands are clear. Um. So they cannot let him get in that house.
0: Sir, step towards me.
1: He becomes a barricaded subject. Sir, we may have people in that house.
0: Come to the sound of my voice.
1: A little wow. more forceful, but, but they can't let him get in that house. Yeah. Back that, back that up, Lennon. Yeah, what did he just say? Like
0: that, yeah.
1: About another
2: 10 seconds.
0: Come to the sound of my voice.
2: Goes
0: like an delirium,
2: something like that, Tim. Yeah. Boom. He's got like a
1: fanny pack around him. I don't see anything in it. All right. Good. Pause the So, so man, I, so, I, lo- I love this. I love every bit of this. So,
2: so the, we, 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 got, we got two things going on there. One, he's got a fanny pack. He, he, I don't hate on a fanny pack. So I wear a fanny pack and, Okay, and you know that my, I went to school in Australia and, you know, I've gone down there a few times and I've got a lot of colleagues down there uh-huh. and I I wear, when I go out of town, I wear a fanny pack. Don't judge me. Don't, I don't need to talk I, about the further details about it. Just leave it as it is. Okay. Nonetheless, in, <laughs> in, I was getting out of the car and I told this person that it was with down One of in, your down, mates. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, one of my mates down and down and down under, and um, we were in Melbourne, and and I said I got to go back to the car and get my I forgot my fanny pack, and he said you, you forgot your your what I, said, I forgot my fanny pack, and I went and got it and came back, and they're all giggling, and they proceed to tell me that fanny, it, t- to me a fanny means like a butt, like a right uh, like, yeah. like like yeah, that's the, your big, that's fat that, fanny that, that's your butt. Well, in Australia it means vagina. They, they, front they, butt. they, yes, front butt. So I've got a vagina, um, pack. Listen, that, I, and, no and, hate from a fanny pack. We should really coin a cooler term, but. And Javante's uh, got a, got a vagina pack around okay. But the other thing was, is that he's looking at his partner or he's saying to his partner, Hey man, what do you, th- you think? Excited delirium or what? Like he, like he's immediately throws that out there is. What's that term? A possibility um, of, of. What's that what term the, when you're
1: bouncing things back and forth? It's like. Inquiry, like a, a, a curious inquiry or, or something like that. There's a term for that. And I love that they did that. And, and yeah, it, just,
2: he's just talking out loud. Yeah. And it, out it out alludes
1: of, yeah. that I'll bet they have had some in-depth formal training on recognition of excited delirium. Right. Um, I don't know if they, it sounds like they were just talking back and forth. I don't know if they call it out on the radio or not.
2: But, well, I, I think it's too important to skip over. So that, that, let me give my my rundown and then you tell me. You, you you fill in the gaps. So sure. so most of the people that are listening, um, maybe they haven't heard of excited delirium. If they're a paramedic or an EMT, I'm certain certain that they have. Um, but it's a compli- it's complicated. It's controversial, it's debated for sure. Um, but no matter what hap- no, no matter what you think about it or what anybody thinks about it, we know that we find people, or we have found people over the last twenty to thirty years. Who have been in these same situations and they end up dead, usually in custody. Somebody or like or like Mr. Javante Williams, and yeah. so the the um, so what is excited delirium? So you you know I'm just going to give you my definition of it because it's it's kind of hard to explain. But Shoot. in short, you've you've got um, a, a patient or just a human being who's uh, aggravated or excited or just all amped up, and it could be for. Could, they could be on drugs. They could be pissed off. They could have just gotten in a fight. They could have just got chased down by the cops. It could be a million Great things. Great point.
1: It's not always drug intoxication.
2: Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And so something's but got- predominantly is. Right. And so something's got them wired up, and, and it's this cascading effect that just won't stop. They just keep getting more and more stiff and and flexing and breathing mm-hmm. faster, and their blood pressure is going up, and their heart rate is going up, and it's, it's just the ultimate uh, flight res- or, or fight response of yeah. the flight and or fight. And there's a system. critical
0: byproduct from all that, right? Right.
2: And so you know, you just think of uh, being in the gym and you you curl, you're curling a, um, um, a, a dumbbell and you do it to failure, right? And so you do it 15 times and you, you you just can't do it anymore. Well, you can't do it anymore because your your muscles have failed. There's there's too much uh, uh, um, acids and CO2s and stuff and, and everything's just been built up and so you have to stop. Well, and have a recovery period, right? And so somebody who's in excited delirium, you got to imagine like every muscle in their body is like your bicep at failure, but it doesn't stop. It just keeps going. It just keeps going. And they just keep building up more and more acids and and pyruvic acids and lactic acids and CO2s and all the byproducts of metabolism that human beings have. Um, And with that comes just uh, the, the most ridiculous rapid breathing you've ever seen.
1: Yeah, very, very tachypneic, right. as we yeah. like to say. Like if
2: you see somebody who's in diabetic ketoacidosis or something like that, and they're just kind of sitting there, but they're, <laughs> <laughs> excuse me, and they're and they're breathing 50 or 60 times a minute.
1: It's a compensation mechanism. Right.
2: They're not breathing 50 or 60 times a minute because they need more oxygen. Like if you sprint down the road, they're breathing 50 or 60 times a minute because they're they're getting rid of all those waste products that I mm-hmm. that I told you about, and they can only do it for so long, yeah. Before something happens, either they either they have an airway problem, um, or their their um, their breathing gets so fatigued that they go into respiratory failure, or which is the end result that a lot of people, a lot of physicians, a lot of medical personnel believe, um, is that their their the buildup is just too much for their heart and they go into a sudden cardiac arrest, yeah. right? And so what what are the things that we're supposed to be worried about? It doesn't matter if you're an EMT or a cop or a paramedic is is recognizing it first, early of all, recognition and and managing their airway. Those are probably the, the two biggest things that anybody can do.
1: Yeah, and you know, I think that any competent EMT or paramedic um, now is able to recognize it. Over the last 10 years especially, uh, excited delirium has been recognized as a true medical emergency and on top of that, the acids and and stuff you know hyperthermia is a big concern there's there's a lot of debate and concern for like neurotransmitter availability with dopamine right, and right. stuff and and back to the arrhythmia and the cardiac sudden cardiac arrest in the incidence of these excited deliriums that are accompanied with a drug toxicity it's probably not their first time doing these drugs, and so mm. a lot of them probably have some form of coronary artery disease or, you know, heart failure right, right. or whatever. Just compounding and it's it too much. The point <clears throat> is, if we recognize it early and we prevent the cardiac arrest, I'm sure we're going to talk about that. So I'm not going to get too far into it. Recognizing it and preventing it, w- w- you know, reduces the mortality of, right. of a lot of. These. So how
2: do the how, do, how does this cop? How does he already throw that out? He's not a paramedic. He's not. Well, let's just assume he's not a paramedic or an EMT. How do you think he's already throwing that out there
1: as a differential diagnosis of some sort to his partner? This guy gets five stars. He gets he gets all the accolades as far as I'm concerned. Not just him, but but why? Where does that come from? Why is he doing that? Well, because I think that there's been training that has Mm. been done, and it's probably been done from a medical provider, likely the medical director or uh, officers or something from the EMS or fire agency. I know that the service we work at um, over the last 10 years, the medical director that, that we work with has gone, in my opinion, totally above board on educating all of the law enforcement agencies that work in <laughs> and around our, our coverage area, because we, we cover like you know, two major cities sure. and a big county response, and and they're responsible for multiple emergency departments and hundreds of EMTs and paramedics and stuff. And I, I feel like that um, we have some pretty aggressive and liberal, uh, you know, up to date, I should say, protocols mm-hmm. on managing these. And you know what? Our in custody deaths and and assumed excited delirium deaths have gone to nearly zero right. since then.
2: And so what has law enforcement thought over the you know fifteen years? This of guy's RP? a jerk and he's not listening to my commands. He, he's he's not complying. He's yeah. he he's we're we're gonna tackle him, we're gonna we're gonna immediately let him know with force
1: who's who and we're gonna leave his ass on the ground yeah. until we feel like getting him an ambulance. And- so I mean, you could totally say I I don't think it's it's unreasonable to say that George Floyd was potentially an excited delirium, sure, right? Sure, And definitely, uh homie in Illinois that Peggy and Peter went to was either an excited delirium or an acute alcohol withdrawal, which are right, generally right. managed the exact same. And the pathology of their deaths are probably very, very similar. Right, and, right. And there's differences I saw in this scenario and... Uh, the one from Illinois a couple weeks ago. Oh, absolutely. Go, go, go ahead and roll it, Lynn. He's behind you. He's saying, I don't see a weapon. Hands are empty. But we can't let him in that house. And look at this guy. So he's
2: still got the firearm on, on him. Yeah, but he's going go to go to work. Now he puts it down. And... He's going to work. It, so now it. they're taking him down.
1: Hands on. Clears his weapon. Awesome. There's no need to the back of the neck. So did, it in, get him cuffed. In the realm of taking somebody to the ground, they did. A, they did. They could have done right, a lot worse off, there. They did a great job. Uh, a here, controlled we'll fall, if you yep. will. They put him in cussing. Look at him. They're turning him over. Dude, it's, these guys took 20, 24 right. seconds right. for the time they took sure, him you're
0: down. Good. You're good. The, the, time they, the time a they, till the time they turned him over. Look at him. Are you They're hurt? They're still building a rapport. Are you hurt? Okay.
1: Gaining information fanny here.
0: That's
2: clear. Okay. Well, at Dude. least his fanny pack is clear. <laughs> Let pause it. And so, what what's the difference between this and you know, say say George Floyd? I mean, there's lots of differences with the whole situation, but the biggest thing is is that these get, you would agree that probably each one of these cops knows. That the second that they took him down, that they had a mental picture in their head of the second we get that second cuff secured, we're flipping this dude over.
1: Yeah. No, I... Pfft. Right? I've and, got and, so and, many and, good things tw- to say
2: about 20 this 24 seconds, they get, that, they get that going. Go ahead and play this one yeah, and he oh. Yeah, he's, oh. he's uh, stiffening up like a board. So pauses hey. to see... Uh, that, that 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 flexion of of every muscle, it, 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 the human body can't it can't handle that for so long. That 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 rage just will. Yeah. So go, go go back, Lennon, to that 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 ten fifty six that that you just did. Yeah, go ahead right there. That's fine. And so he says he's stiffening he it, like okay. a board, and then check this out.
0: No. Yeah, he's he's uh, stiffening up like a board.
2: Uh, just make, sure that, make sure his airway is clear. We'll keep him in this position. Jeez. Oh, he... this, is, this, is, this is a law enforcement officer yeah. saying, I, w- I want you to remember that. Lennon, I want you to remember that. The law enforcement officer at this point is saying, we need to keep his airway clear. Yeah. Okay, we'll co- we'll, we'll come back to that. So, yeah, here you are. Um, so hands
1: are strained behind no, his back. No,
2: I think right, right here... In, in just a second you can get in a a the the you're you're now at 12 minutes and 40 seconds into this and so they took him down at nine minutes and 50 seconds so it has been three minutes of no struggle no fighting three minutes i mean that's a boxing round mm-hmm. he's laying on the ground mm-hmm. okay not fighting this whole time not I mean, he's, fighting yeah, he's, he's, he's he's just laying there and and look at what is go ahead and play it look at what his his res- his respiratory rate is.
0: <laughs> and, and, and pause hey, it. And, for the,
2: and and for the people who are listening it, it, forget the the words that the that uh uh Javante is saying and and pay less attention to the oh uh this the things he's saying and more to the and see how see whether or not he is breathing you hear that at least once a second or not go ahead and play it
1: so he, he's breathing 60 times a minute <laughs> right. at minimum right and, and a normal we would say you know 12 to 20 is is normal right so three times as fast absolutely listen to they that they uncross his legs I mean they're
0: dude these guys are doing great listen
2: so go ahead pause it so that, that, that clearly could be It could be more than 60 times a minute. And for a human Uh, being, and for any paramedic that's listening or a new paramedic or an EMT, it's the most overlooked vital sign that any (laughs) EMT or paramedic does. We we pencil whip that it's 18 or 20 or 22 respirations all the time. And and, and I want you to remember that too, because we're going to come back to that. But 60 times a minute, unless you just ran to first base... Or ran a hundred yards down the football field, it is not normal to breathe 60 times a minute. And You're the right. only reason that somebody's doing it is to get rid of byproducts of metabolism, well, it, like, like especially
1: CO2. whenever it's not it's not prompted or, or whatever. So one of the things we teach when we're learning uh, how to take vital signs is, you know, it can be difficult to assess a respiratory rate without the person. Knowing that you're doing it because that can right. affect the right. accuracy. You know they speed up or slow sure. down because they're like they're watching me. But um, but that's not the case. That with, that's with that's this certainly go, not the case. Go ahead, and play that, Lennon. So I, one we one, one, one sure more thing. Here. Pause, here. Pause it. One of the things that we had skipped over, I'd seen, is they requested fire EMS to stage at one point. And then just now, like three or four seconds ago, he says somebody—not the guy that this right. his camera—he says Said something. something about staged medics and fire. We're gonna tell them to they're good to come up, type deal. Right. Um, and and I think all or these maybe off- or maybe he just calls them because it's still what, five minutes for fire. Whatever they recognize this is a medical problem. Right. I mean, I think that we're all on the same they, page. They don't here. delay it. They know. I'm not putting this guy in the back of a squad car and taking him to jail.
2: Right. He, right.
1: We need medics to come up here, and so I think that that further proves that they've had some education and training yeah.
2: about this. Go to about fifteen thirty, buddy.
0: Oh okay, God, bro. are okay. with?
2: So when I was watching this earlier, you you can keep it going, buddy. This I got him. This is where I got emotional. Because you have, I'm looking at four cops. There's a couple other cops that are sitting down there, and they all recognize that this is a medical issue, emergency, a, a medical emergency. They recognize it's a medical emergency, and and I know obviously at this point that this guy's dead. And so sitting here looking at it, going, "Oh man, this guy, we could do this, this, and this, and he's going to live." But knowing that he dies, Let me
0: go. yeah.
1: Is, is, oh, high, high in sight. You mean knowing the outcome.
2: Yeah, just know yeah. knowing the
1: outcome. And, and they wouldn't have known that. I, I don't think that there's anything that they can change. They've requested fire EMS to come up. They know. Right. They probably could sit him up, but I don't know how stable that guy would be sitting up.
2: So they've got yeah. him rolled over. His air, They're paying attention to his airway. Well,
1: and, and there's a... um, My computer just died, so... Oh. Actually, I got a study. So there was a study that was done just, just not too long ago. Well, it was 2021. And they looked at the impact of what they call this prone um, asphyxiation related to restraints or the hobbling technique, which is outlawed in a lot of places. And they were using healthy adult males, but they found no real difference. As long as you're not sitting on their chest or obstructing their airway, in oxygen levels or carbon dioxide levels. So I think that's very appropriate. They got him on his side. He's in this recovery position here. I don't think that they're restricting his breathing at all. What what do we teach?
2: what do we teach EMTs when a patient
1: what Isabella opened the door and then looked totally panicked and turned around and left. Oh
2: did we not put the do not disturb sign on the door? We did. Damn it! But where we're at, okay. So, the um, d- do we not teach our what what when we te- what do we do when we teach our students or an EMT when a patient says, "I
1: feel like I'm gonna die"? They call they, There's a saying for that. It's in nursing, EMS, all that. The feeling of impending doom. And I think that people hear a guy
2: like him say that, and because he doesn't say it the way that grandma would say it, mm-hmm. they discount it. Sure. But he's saying, "I'm about to die." I'm about to die. And and yes, there's plenty of people, there's plenty of suspects that cops get that say that BS all the time. But that doesn't mean we ignore it. You still got to be something in the back of your mind thinking. And, the, and not that these cops aren't paying attention, but I just mean for anybody who sees somebody, you can't yeah. write that off. Sure, letting go go to uh, um, go to twenty, like like right at twenty. And so I think this is where. So Right? We got medical professionals showing up. They called for fire in EMS.
0: Bro, I'm seeing doubles. I'm seeing doubles.
1: He's seeing double.
0: Mike, Zay, hit that nigga. Hit that nigga, Hit that Hit that Fuck that nigga. You like that? Oh. Absolutely <laughs> incoherent. I'm seeing doubles. So now that
2: there's, there's fire there and he's got a spotlight. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah,
0: there's I the, think that's a uh,
1: spotlight. The
0: here, but...
2: So they're giving a little
1: report to So this is yep. a yeah. firefighter yeah. who's touching him right there. At minimum EMT level is what we just Should be.
2: Yeah. Re- agreed upon, right? I mean, is somebody grandfathered in? I, I, I don't
0: know. Help me out. God damn, gave you. If I dabble
2: so and so, right here, the one firefighter EMT says, "Roll
1: him over," and he wants to check his belly, which is good. Well, I think he's doing kind of a physical assessment for the blood he had made a mention that there was some blood right. from his hand. He yeah, to see sure whether or not he shot. That, yeah, he wanted, I mean, I I don't think Pause anything
2: it. he did is is inappropriate here. And so with that, th- that firefighter who just lifted up his shirt to look at his belly. Presumably to look for a gunshot or something yeah, yeah. like that. That that's an, that is some form of an assessment. At least it's just a physical assessment. At least of just looking, right? I mean, he right. didn't really touch him or anything. But that's where their assessment stops. And for ten minutes, we're gonna sit here for ten more minutes and watch this guy die until paramedics show up. And you have EMTs. There's no th- what 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 did the cops say it, immediately at the beginning? we need to make sure we check his airway mm-hmm. and nobody pays attention to his airway Yeah, for the next 10 minutes. No, I, I go, noticed go, that go ahead, go ahead and play it, Lennon. Oh, I, don't know. No. I do want to know what's up with this guy over here in his glove. I don't know if he's got a gimp hand. Okay. So that's
1: because I noticed it like three times in the video. Yeah. No, he, he's, got an he, issue. yeah he's got, he's got a tiny hand and that's actually a pretty common genetic condition um, where somebody has a, a, a oh way to make uh, me feel bad. I thought he was wound. just putting his glove on. bad. No, I'll bet that he's got a a, a genetic uh, no. Well, I'll, t- I'll take that back. With his, with his little hand. God, Lennon, yeah, make fun of the dude's hand. I thought he just had. But, a, some people don't put their gloves on too. well. Sure, no, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm not worried about that. I, I, he, but I am worried that he just kind of turns and walks away. I will say, knowing what I know, in the excited delirium. Oh God. Oh God. There's not a ton that they can do to prevent him from arresting the, e, the firefighters, the EMTs. What this guy right. needs is aggressive pharmacologic intervention. Whether right. that and there's a debate about, amongst sedation or antipsychotics. Mm-hmm. I think. It, do at you this think point, they'd
2: put him on oxygen if they knew his heart rate was 200?
1: Yes. Yeah. If nobody checked vital signs. It's
0: for everyone. Safety. Do you think
2: That's they should have taken made. a blood pressure, checked his airway?
1: Absolutely. Listen to his lung sounds. Absolutely. Palpated a yeah, we pulse. We don't know, I was but I'll bet that, the that there's a, a captain or an oh, officer here oh, that hopefully is saying oh, God. to dispatch oh, God. roll oh, God. EMS priority oh, one or code three or whatever their language or terminology is. Oh, I don't think that happened. I don't think so either. Cause it, it seems to me that the only people that are above board here are the police, and because they're
0: the only was, ones are still doing this, anything. It was
2: at this moment right here where I see the one firefighter leaning on the thing, and the other two are out in the yard. And there's, there's, you still have EMTs there. Look
1: at their the, the body positioning, right? Like their hands on their hips, not really doing. Anything. Look at this guy, this officer in the bottom left with that gnarled up ear. I'll bet he's a bad. Oh, dude. he's yeah, and, yeah, he's a wrestler. and homie here with the mustache. He's a bad dude. I, the, oh, dude, these, these officers I thought did a great job. All right, so this, this what's this guy say? So, but look at his face right there. Go to 2430, go to
0: 2430.
1: Look at, what's his name, Javante? Look at Javante's face right there. This is the moment I recognize that he's dying. His respiratory rate changes, mm-hmm. his head falls back. Right here, play this and watch his head. He's kind of seizing there?
2: Yeah, it's true. Listen to the cop. <laughs> Make, what why
1: is the why is the why, the cop more why is
2: the cop saying that and not the EMT or the firefighters that are standing there?
1: are are more concerned with protecting this guy's airway
0: what? yeah, yeah. let it no, go
2: ahead about 30 seconds and so they're we're still waiting on the ambulance to get here so in case anybody's wondering pause it let' we're, we're sitting here we've got fire has controlled this guy he's not a threat anymore We've got no weapons, so, at, least, at least on the on, on, on the guy. You've got fire who's
1: there, who's supposed to be providing basic life support. First response, treatment of basic life support and intervening on immediate life threats and waiting for a transport
2: company. Right, who's going to have a paramedic and, on board and, and, and with and advanced life support.
1: Yeah, and, and I don't know if I said this already. I mean, I'm, I am beating up on the firefighters because I think that they really shit the bed on this one. But ultimately, I don't know that anything they could do would have prevented the cardiac arrest. How do we
2: know he's not aspirating right there? I mean, you, you no,
1: know, you're right.
2: Because he didn't die. He, he died later, like the next, at about 9 o'clock in the morning, I believe.
1: Yeah. I, I'll. So maybe I he's believe, aspirating right I there. believe that he probably had a cardiac right. arrest in the back of the ambulance and it's not related to an aspiration. I think that it's, this Could is probably be. an anoxic injury, or these. You know, it's kind of sometimes these things these excited deliriums manifest kind of like a malignant hyperthermia type stuff. And and even with all this ACLS, um, they still die, which is why right. with excited delirium preventing the arrest is right. the most important thing. Back to recognition and 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 medicating.
2: Good. Go ahead uh, and play it. Them. So oh, hold on. Pause it. So so. so we, we we have cops have subdued the threat. BLS is there supposed to be providing BLS care, and we Clearly are waiting are on, the, the, at the on most. ALS. Now now the, the now in in the end, the documentation seems to say it, took, it takes twenty minutes for this ambulance to get there. Now in the grand scheme of things. I don't know how relevant that response time might be. There's really not a whole lot of science that says about response times even having an effect on anything related to all of our calls as a whole. It does in STEMIs. It does for witness cardiac arrest. It does for some priority one trauma. But for just in general, just because it took an ambulance longer to get there, there's there's no proof that that means, well, that means that the patient died, like if they would have got there quicker. However – nonetheless this is this this is the case they're waiting for him and these guys are frustrated and it's taking a long time because now they've kind of done kind of like what you're saying they're kind of there's not much more for the, them the, to do so right. go go ahead and play it lennon at this point cops looking at his watch the city needs a new contract for medic so the city needs a new contract <laughs> go, go back 10 seconds, Lennon. What do you say? Seems a new contract for Medic.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: them worthless fucks. What do you say? He called them worthless fucks. He said get rid of them. You got to get rid of them, worthless fucks. Yeah. And so uh, I know where he's coming from. He's probably not talking
1: about the actual med crew. I agree They've with probably you. probably had... This is a, this is an all too <laughs> common occurrence right I, and I know that the coverage area that I live in has had you know lots of um, concern and controversy over the last number of years with response times and we yeah. pay and we pay an agency money for a contract that says that you're supposed to be here in in, in a certain time and I agree with what you just said I've ran, I mean, I don't know how many 911 calls I've ran in my career, but I've ran a a whole lot. And I could probably count on two hands how many times that one minute really made the difference, right? Right, right. You know, like you said, some of those uh, strokes and witnessed cardiac arrests and and heart attacks and And stuff like that. What staffing issues they might have. But it sounds like this is all too common occurrence that they're sitting on scene, fire and PD are sitting on scene waiting on a transport unit. And right. you probably know more than I do. Uh, not probably. I know you do when it comes to like paramedic shortages across the country and what, how you know we got seventy seven counties in Oklahoma and how many of them have an ALS ambulance, right? right. right? Not very many. And so we're spread really thin. They're uh, trying to wage profits uh, over. You know, staffing and response times and stuff sure. like that, and they're they're taking a gamble. And in this instance, they lost. Yep, yep. Go go ahead and play it. I'm still super disappointed with the way that the fire, the the medical just, first responders are, just kind of. I mean, what is he l- is l- he dying?
2: L- listen to what this guy says. The cop the cop on the ground. What does he say?
0: You would think you got one and mm-hmm. That's yeah. Yeah. Start, start yeah. Yeah. Excited delirium should be the fucking key yeah. phrase there, <laughs> which I think we articulated as a medic. Yeah. Or, or still, like the station, still, we've got a wanted gun point. I would assume that yeah. we're probably about to shoot
2: the guy. Yeah. So go ahead and pause it. So, so he, say, he says a lot of things there, but he, he says he – says, We told them that we've got a guy at gunpoint, so you'd think they they would—they might—they would drop their call or whatever it is that they're doing and get here, Mm -hmm. get here now, right? Mm -hmm. And the cop whose body cam we're looking at says, "Well, yeah, but we also said excited delirium, so Mm -hmm. you know how time sensitive that is, so they should be here." And then the guy, and then the, the the black cop that's sitting down on the ground says again, "Yeah, but even without that." We said that we were pointing a gun at him, so there's a high likelihood that we might shoot the guy. So maybe you should get here. Or quickly. we might get shot. You or, know, or, or, like or we might get shot. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And so you can tell that they're they're certainly frustrated about it. Let me go, go ahead to the, that next one at twenty at twenty nine forty eight, dude. Firefighters looking around. There's not a single. He could be taken. This guy's just sitting there. When you when you show up. How what's the, re- what's the, but what's the report he's going to give the paramedics? Hey, this is Javante. Um, this is what's going on. His blood pressure's this. His respiratory rate's this. His uh, pulse is this. This is his skin temperature, color, and yeah. condition. We took a blood glucose. It was this. Well, what what is he going to say?
1: Yeah, I mean that. So that's a great point. You know, any altered mentation. One of the first things after you get past the initial ABCs. Is blood glucose. And I looked at a couple of different protocols uh, yeah. Yeah. O- online, um, not only from a first responder level, but, but from an emergency medicine physician level. Mm-hmm. And they all say, let's check a blood sugar. You think somebody's having a stroke? One of the first things to rule out is let's check a blood sugar. Let's. So, let's, that, so let's now check we're this. at
2: 30 minutes into this call, and an ambulance is pulled up, and the paramedic is walking up. That's the paramedic's footsteps you hear walking up.
0: There's a uh, calm down know and then he just gets a little jacked up and then he calls down it the
2: say, he pause the it. Now it says medic on the back of his shirt, but just make sure people understand, it's not because he's a medic, that's because that's where he works, is called medic, because his EMT partner also says medic.
1: Yeah, so she's an EMT. He's the paramedic. He's
2: the paramedic, and they work for an um, ambulance service right. called medic. And so he he walks up and, and I'm gonna preface preface this by saying, I absolutely love this guy. However, I'm going to pick apart some things because that's what we do. We're here picking it apart. And I'm not saying I could have done too much better than this guy. Um, but it's just like watching a scenario in school or something like that. He he walks up to the patient and his first instinct is not to check the patient, check his mental status, airway, breathing, circulation. It's to step over him and go look. Yeah, so that should have been in
1: a secondary yeah. assessment. And, and I, I actually like that I agree with you on this because I fully walked in here today thinking that I was gonna disagree with you on this medic's response because mm-hmm. I think- Well, at first I did. I think that this medic, mm-hmm. if he was a, if, and, and I'm grading this on a minimum level of competency, right? So just like with our students, I look back and I say, on your worst day, on the, on the worst scenario, do you still provide the minimum level of competency? And I think this guy meets above the minimum level of but competency. I, I think that he I manages agree. this all pretty well, with the exception of screwing around here looking at the at the drugs. Because what did we do, What did we say a minute ago? It's not going to change our management. Is this going to change your management of the ABC's right. a, a, a white powder baggie? Right. right. It's not going to change the management at all.
2: Right. Go ahead and play it. And, and it's important to know, but once he makes patient contact, now why did back, he not back, have that? Back, 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 back that up, Lennon, like five seconds. Go up there and uh, grab the bags out of the truck for me, please. So this is where I said you—you you said that the You said that the officer, you know, whoever the captain was at the engine, probably said, "Look, hey medic, you guys get to hurry up. We've got a priority patient." And you know how I know he didn't say that because this guy didn't bring his. Because kit this him. guy would not have left his equipment out in the truck. If he thought that this was a a serious call. Now, that, in my opinion, doesn't excuse it because we've talked about this before. Whatever your minimum equipment is of your airway bag or your med bag, along with your monitor and your oxygen. It should go on every call. That should be it no matter what. I I completely agree. Now, there's other things that you might have to go back for. Go back to the truck and get the suction. Go back to the truck and get the the controlled substances or something like that. Go yeah. back to the truck and get the CPAP. Yeah. But don't go back to get the truck so you can get my BVM. Yeah. You should you should be walking with that. But he sends somebody to go back to his truck, and we find out later that when you pull out, the truck ain't right there. It's all the way. It's a couple hundred feet away.
1: Yeah. I mean, we're like like we said, we're on you know one two acre right. lots here. And he didn't pull it right up to the the front porch, so it's it's a he sent his right <laughs> he sent his his EMT partner back running for but did he send his gear. EMT partner I don't know fi- he, he sent one of the fire guys he, back. he sent somebody back yeah because but I, I so I mean because they're putting him on the monitor this is EMT paramedic here EMT's on the left the paramedic's on the right paramedic on the right has a gnarly mustache and uh, mullet yeah <laughs> totally digging. Um, go go back like ten seconds. <laughs> but one of th- what what are they what are they doing with this monitor here, right? Yeah, well, he's not on the monitor. But go go to thirty two fifteen, Lennon.
2: and then just. I do and,
1: think I, I want to say that the watching play, this full through there. on you the assessment, and, uh, the, the yeah, second really just place. before this, whenever he puts his hand on the patient, pulls his shirt up, looks his chest, oh. asks him a question, he does he's everything he's right Jesus. in my opinion, right. and recognizes right. early on, no, I need my shit. Okay. Right. Like yeah, I
0: gotta grab the bags. Right here, yeah. Grab the
2: bags. You go up there and uh, grab the bags out of the. Okay, so please. he's he's left the bags. We already know that he should have brought them in. Listen, listen to what he says here. Should be. Hit the keys if- mm-hmm. okay. No, he's breathing okay. Not Narcan. Like okay, go ahead and pause it. So the fire guy says, "Do you need me to go get some Narcan or something?" And this is this is one of the beefs I have with the medic. Even though, dude's a rock star, and I could never rock a stash or a haircut like that. Nonetheless, he says, "Um, "Do you need Narcan?" And he says, "No, his respiratory is fine. It's not. He's he's saying, and then says it's not a Narcan issue, which is right. It's not an opiate issue, but his respiratory is not fine." And that's what I think that he might miss that the dude's breathing 60 times a minute because he would be saying something closer to, uh, we we need to either, um, we we need to manage his airway, which he does get to. He does get to uh, that, but he doesn't rec he doesn't seem to say, oh my God, this guy is. I think
1: that, I think that he knows that this guy's. Sick. sick he recognizes
2: sick absolutely and he
1: yeah. and i think that he recognizes that this probably was an excited delirium yeah that's a good point that's but a good point too he's saying i don't need to give narcan because this isn't an opiate overdose right and i also think that he's not saying i need to sedate this guy because he's, he's already, past that point yeah he is past that he's point. not excited point. That's anymore that's a good point he he is he is shitting his pants right now saying this guy is about to die right i need my bags
2: Right. And I think is, I don't know that he's on the monitor yet. He, he's not. They'll put him on the wires in a minute, but I think that all the information he's got right now is gurgling secretions and an SPO2 that won't give him a number because they they, they because they Why is that?
1: Why do you th- So this is a beef well, I, I don't want to go down a rabbit hole. For the SPO2? Yes. I don't want to go down a rabbit hole too much. Yeah. Well, but I think it's just because he's s- not perfusing. I mean, but because the, the EMT did say right his there. fingers were, were, so were cold. So I work in, in critical care now, right? Dinner's ready. I work Carry in critical on. care and predominantly deal with shock. And there's really right, three, there's right. three kinds of shocks. If, if you really want to break everything, you got cardiogenic shock, you got hypovolemic shock, and you got distributive shock, right? And, Pump fluid container. Yes. And... One of the things that we see when we go down to the ER, when we get called down to manage a patient is we can tell how involved their shock is by how many pulse oxes the ER nurses have on this patient. Cause they'll have the one on the forehead. they will have them on both ear lobes. No they'll kidding. have them on a toe. They'll have them on all. And they say, we can't get an O2 sat. Well, no shit. Why? Because right. they're not perfusing their, the capillaries in their fingertips. And so, uh, the EMT, I don't know that you can blame her for trying to get a, a super big pulse ox or, or whatever, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. Good.
2: Go, go ahead and play, Lynn. So, so, somebody's got a phone call, but they're, 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 we're getting our first blood pressure because the, the, the other guys didn't get it. They're certainly moving it's with conviction. Good,
0: yeah,
1: and they've been on scene for a couple minutes right. Just, now. You talk
0: to me? Can you talk to me?
1: Reassessing, Let's mentation. Try. Yep.
2: And he, he's not on the monitor because they put him on in a minute. Hey,
0: Javante, can you talk to me, buddy?
2: I think she's putting the stickers. Right, Morrissey, his first name is Javante. And trying nice. to get a Paul Sox. They're
0: trying, trying to feel a radio pulse. Yeah, he's, 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 he's palpating. He's getting a history uh, here. In a position in the corner over here. Okay. Uh, our call I just love that he's there, palpating there a pulse there, where so many some people don't see yeah. do that. Yeah. He's trying to and, uh, match it to whatever pulse, pulse ox might be coming up on there. So you know, know Um, I I don't want armchair too much, but he's trying to palpate a pulse
1: on an arm that is cycling a blood pressure, so I don't know how great of a pulse is, uh, but one of the things we do know is that uh, if you got a strong radial pulse, you have a systolic blood pressure of at least 80 or 90, Uh, right? That's one of of the things we can say. And he's trying to get a history, but he gets distracted. Here comes the... Now we're about to get a four lead, right? I think that they're checking a 12 lead, which is totally unnecessary, but... Uh, at this level, yeah, they're putting a 12 lead on there. I thought that that was just a four lead they were putting on. Okay,
2: I'm talking about like yeah, yeah, so she, yeah, she, she slapped one. it on his arm, um, and then five. this one's going on his belly. I, I will guarantee that that was
1: six wires.
2: Yeah, I think she just she just dropped those though. It's okay. not a life pack 15. It's some other little like pro pack deal, oh, okay. it's a, a Zoll of some sort. Okay, a uh, real small one. Yeah, they're just they're just putting no, them no, on a four no. lead here. She just said, "Do you want the V leads?"
1: And he said, "No, a floor will be fine."
2: Yeah. So she she had dropped the V leads, and so so right here, pause, oh, uh, pause it, Leonard, right there. How fast do you think so heart I'll try rate to is? I'll try to zoom in for it, but I swear that that heart rate looks like it's about one at least over one sixty one. One
1: sixty was my.
2: And so my you know, best. for anybody listening, a dude who's laid out like that on the ground. For the ten minutes, because he just said, "How long have y'all been here?" Right. He's a 10 With a heart rate of that is the sympathetic response if I've ever seen one. Go ahead, go ahead and keep keep keep, keep playing it. Big bang, but big here's my, the best part of this entire so video, right here. Have to get these cuffs off. Back it up, okay, back it up. I sh- I was talking over it. Listen to this Yeah. So first things first, we have to get these cuffs off. Not okay. be able to trim like this. If mm. he starts getting weird, and stuff. y'all. Yeah, we have to take it off. All right. Pause it. So, to the medics that showed up, or the EMTs or the advanced EMT or whoever it was that showed up to Tyree Nichols.
1: That's all you had to do. We, we said that during our, that now, last now, episode. Now,
2: again, I know that that's a big thing because those cops were all riled up. They weren't on but, the but, same page like this, but he he had the balls to turn around just now and say, first thing we got to do is get these cuffs off.
1: But did you see how he approached it? Right. I mean, he wasn't a he, dick about it at he, all. The, the paramedic here fully expected to get some pushback from the police officers. Hey, first things first. We right. need to take this off. And then when the cop, when he, he recognizes the cop says, I don't know, he says, if he starts to get riled yeah. up, we'll put him back on right. or whatever. And the cop says I, it's up to you I'm FDL. taking responsibility for it. But we talked about that in the, in the last episode. I, I'm so happy that he did that. Right. And the I, way he did it was A+. Plus. I immediately was like... Everything I thought about
2: that dude's stash and haircut went right out the window. And I was oh, like, it was, uh, that made I know, it even better. I know, you're I a stash guy. I mean, well, but I was I'm like, a, this dude a bald this guy dude too, knows so. what he's doing. And no. while we could sit here and nitpick like these stupid little things, like I said, this was the way I felt at the beginning. And it was at this point where I, when I first watched this was this guy, this paramedic clearly knows what he's doing. And he he's he's prioritizing what needs I to agree. be prioritized. I agree. He's communicating with everybody his EMT is sh- is being quiet and only worrying about the things that are necessary right. for the They're a great she's been team. Doubting. They're working they're great working, together. They're working together. No. She speaks to the patient. Did you hear earlier when she Sir, are you okay? Yeah. No. And she was so nice
1: and and, and polite and, and it's just perfect. I you know, everything that we've seen up to this point and and spoiler everything that I see past this point, I think that the the EMTs and the paramedics do a great job. This guy died. From a system problem because an ambulance wasn't there soon enough. If this guy would have gotten ALS care earlier, I don't think. I mean, the fire department should have done a better job, right? But I don't think they could have prevented this guy right. from ultimately what happened. He, now, he, I also don't know what happened in the ambulance. I mean, who he and, could and, have and failed an a something like And, and I don't think that we've been like clear that. on that. But when he was
2: spazzing out right after they took him down, yeah, what that guy needed was chemical sedation with either. Uh, Valium, Versed, ketamine, and massive airway control. And this this would not have escalated past that point.
1: So with- But they were waiting. With excited deliriums, you'd you'd mentioned the acidosis earlier. Another big concern is the hyperthermia. Mm -hmm. Uh, And there's kind of four pillars to the treatment of this. One of them is a calm rapport. You got to build a rapport and talk to these and try and calm them down then you need to aggressively manage their acidosis. And that is usually a pharmacologic intervention. We can go down whether that is um, a benzo or an antipsychotic. Right. Either Haldol, one. either whatever. Haldol, Versed, you can give it nasally. You can give it IM, but that needs to get on quick. And, and, and then management of the hyperthermia. A lot of times they're already naked, but right. it's the same. The treatment for this is the same as and environmental hyperthermia. It's this passive cooling. You can put mm-hmm. cold packs in their in their groins, or there's some uh, literature out there that talks about cooling the palms of the hands and the bottom of the feet is more effective than the groins and the armpits, just for the people that are listening. But aggressive sedation. Yeah. Th- so yeah, they think that, and this is also in induced hypothermia, mm. post-cardiac arrest, which the the data and the literature is is also garbage. Um, Call me data. The because we don't really do induced hypothermia anymore. And thirty two degrees, 33, 36, It doesn't matter. But passively doing it pre hospitally in the palms and the bottoms of the feet. So let let's just play
2: this through. Go ahead and play it, Lennon, because this is,
1: all their care is here. And
2: so you can see on the monitor again.
0: Right, that's blinking red. That means something's critical. He's
1: thinking about transport already. I like it. Pa- pause, Lennon. So you you can see,
2: and, it's, and I'll try to oh, zoom he's in. He's definitely in post, 150 times. But, but you man, can yeah. see that is the the green rhythm at the top. The guy's in sinus tack, It's got to be, it's got to be over 150. And there's a the blue waveform there is probably his pulse ox waveform, mm. and it doesn't look good, which means. They're really, really trying. He's not got get, a good way for him. to get a pulse yeah. ox on him, yeah. and and that that's kind of what they're looking at right now. Go ahead and play. it. Uh, I would love to get a good spo two. two. Oh yeah, yeah, we're good with yeah, okay. yeah. Search is good. He says I'd love to get a good spo two yeah. on him. Uh,
1: not, not, not
2: wrong. But you're not she going just going said to. his fingers are kind of cold. Oh well, that's
1: shock. Yeah, this, this guy is dying. And so...
0: The cuffs are off. The
2: cuffs are off. of you guys BVM, please? Yeah. And he says, grab me my BVM. And he's grabbing a BVM so that he, he says, can have
1: his partner assist ventilations. But he says this guy's parry arrest right now. He says yeah. this guy is circling the drain. He's about to code. Vehicle vehicle right
0: the the so
2: they've got a mega mover out, which is that big old uh, body bag looking thing so that they can carry him out. Firefighter back there is getting the BVM out of the bag. And the EMT that's sitting here right just called for the oxygen. Pause it. Holy Thanks. shit. I fucking love this guy. He it is so common for paramedics and EMTs to fumble around with the oxygen, mm-hmm. when they need the positive pressure ventilation, yeah, first. we need they to ventilate. Just, There's a ju-
1: difference in oxygenation and ventilation. Where They right? just
2: need the ventilation, and he sees that the 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 oxygen is still out on the stretcher. They've got to take it off. They've got to open it it's up. and in, this guy's standing tank. there with the BVM. Go back five seconds. Len, and and, and the the firefighter there standing there with the BVM at the right, and just listen. I love this. Play this a
1: BVM for right now.
2: He says, just I give me the, B, just it. the BBM re- for right that. now. Yeah, he said, we need to ventilate we'll, this guy. We'll, give, we'll hook the oxygen up to it when we get it.
0: I'm just going to put this over your face, okay?
2: Listen to her, how cool she is. Yeah. Yeah. There's the oxygen coming in. It's on. They're going to hook the
1: tubing up to it. This moving with a little bit of conviction here.
2: He's... And she's down there. We can't really see it, but she's. You can see it better on another video. But she's ventilating and doing her best to to bag him. He's doing more of an assessment. All right, guys, gotta have people here. I need this thing laid out. We're gonna roll. Clear instructions. I mean, he
1: does a great job. I I will. I'm gonna make one assumption here. This is suburban Charlotte, right? He's breathing. He's breathing adequate rate, but his head of is absolute trash. Also, he has a
2: ton of secretions in his area right now. Right. And so remember I said earlier, Posit Lennon, about what, what you bring to the call? It, I don't blame them for not having suction there. Now, some places do have like a little manual suction that might be in a bag. Yeah. But some people were saying, well, you should have the suction there. This wasn't a cardiac arrest. Right. I would I would not have walked up to this call with my suction unit because it's something you have to open up another door out of the ambulance. Grab it, put it on the stretcher.
1: Grab yeah, it. Yeah, I, I typically reserve, I, I'll say or I'll grab suction if it's unconscious, if it's cardiac arrest, if it's you know uh, altered mentation, uh, maybe. I don't blame him for not having the suction. What I will say about, I do have an assumption about this fire department. This is outside of the urban uh, metro area of Charlotte. This seems like a kind of a suburban Mm -hmm. relaxed community, a little bit spread out. I'll bet that this is like what we call like a retirement station. Could be. I'll bet that it's possible that not everybody here is an EMT. These these firefighters, they've they've been in, they've been on for 20, 25 years and they got sent out to a retirement station and they're not as up on their skills as somebody who's at like station one downtown right. or whatever that's used to running lots of calls and getting lots of medical exposure. These guys are fighting grass fires out of brush rigs and stuff.
2: Right, Maybe I'm right. wrong, but. Uh, um, but they're, they're that, being helpful now, that, now that somebody's delegating, hey, please do this, please do because, that. And now listen,
1: they're on it. I, I've worked with some of the greatest firefighters in the world that don't know how to recognize stuff, but I can tell them to tear a wall down. And they will get to work on that. Right. I can say, "Hey, can you get this bag? Do this or whatever." They can do that. Now, if I say, "Hey, spike this IV tubing," can you prime some IV tubing or something? They're gonna be like, "What does that mean?" I don't know right. what that means. Yeah, you it just know? depends I'm a firefighter, on firefighter, man. I'm depen- it depends on the so, crew and stuff like that. It, but, anyway, this the the medic is doing a great job mm. controlling this scene, which is what we like our paramedics to do. They are medical command at this point. So go,
2: go ahead to like thirty eight thirty, Lennon moment. So now they're get they're
1: getting him on the cot. Uh, they've carried him out. Do you know front. what their scene time was? I mean, it had to have been less than 10 minutes, right? From the time that right e now, right up. now it's been about nine minutes.
2: Okay. At least the wep- uh, weapons first. They die. pulled up, go in there. or it's been eight minutes. And so now everybody's working well. And the reason that everybody's working well, medically speaking, is because of this paramedic. She can't, look at how they, it, nobody's. It's so. Awesome. Play it just for a second. All right, pause it. And and it's so common that when people move and in, move the stretcher around, for people to put the bag down and not ventilate, and she continues to ventilate with with two hands. Yeah.
1: So, so a, a lot of the, a lot of your audience comes from the flight community, critical mm-hmm. care providers and stuff, right? And I think a lot of them probably do understand um, the importance of that, but but also the importance of like crew assignments and stuff. Right, right. And she recognizes that her job is supporting his ventilations. And she's not worried about lifting the stretcher or right. grabbing a bag, you know, a gear or equipment or anything like that. She knows my job is to have a good seal because this is BLS ventilations. Mm. This is, I- any, anybody here, any of those firefighters can do this. She, she does she does absolutely great and, she they, does don't, a and they don't they don't have
2: power cots in Charlotte apparently I yeah.
1: Lenin. go to that second video um that's up top but the, even her rate she's ventilating her, you know uh she's ventilating at a good rate she uh, yeah. you know um she's doing well they load him into the ambulance from there and that's all that that video has to show right
2: yeah well there's some other videos that look that, that that pick up make some things a little bit clearer but just going back to this point go ahead and go ahead and play this one Lenny. Okay, so, so this is from the the body cam of a different cop and they've got him subdued and the fire department is showing up and this cop who's wearing this body cam is going to give the the first report to the fire crew. And go, go ahead and listen to what he says. Go ahead,
1: Lennon.
0: You, bono, Not bono. Mm.
2: So here they are going to uh, give no him knows reports. him.
1: He's been acting mm. out, trying to get in the house, stuff like that. There's some mm. evidence of mm. drug use possible, mm. uh, excited mm. delirium going on. Mm.
0: Um, ooh, so. Ooh, ooh.
2: Yeah. It, it. It.
1: So. Go ahead. And pause it. That's good. And so. It, it, Correct me if I'm wrong, but it, it sure seemed like the term excited delirium did a lot for the law enforcement, but it didn't change the posture or anything of the fire department. Just then, when he said, "We've got a possible excited delirium," they just carried on. They didn't say, "Oh man." This, Hey, hey, Captain, we got an excited delirium, you know? Yeah, I just, yeah. I, I would have expected, I, just, I feel like I would have expected them to move with a little more purpose after hearing that. Yeah, I agree. You're gonna go to video number five, Lennon. Okay, and
2: so now we're looking at a different body cam. This is body cam number five that they call. And at, this is while the fire department and a couple of the other cops are standing out in, in the front porch and the paramedic and his partner are rolling up. Go, go ahead and roll it. Just a, It's just a different angle, but it's got a good shot here because it shows they don't have any that, equipment. that they're not, go ahead and pause it, that they're not really moving with much conviction and they don't have their equipment. And I think that's because they did not get an adequate report yeah. or dispatch information of, hey, we have a priority one patient here who's damn near in respiratory failure or this is excited delirium or... Uh, that this this is serious because now knowing how competent both of the that EMT and the paramedic, paramedic are, mm-hmm. there's no way they would have walked up there if they'd known that this was a serious issue because they're walking slowly and they don't have any of their equipment. They think yeah. that they're just going to go pick up some drunk guy off of a porch. Right, at 2 a.m. At, 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 uh, at, at 2 a.m. You know, I
1: think, um, I don't think that anything this EMS crew could have done would have prevented his cardiac arrest. And if not we, at this point. No, no. And, and we talk about kind of the Swiss cheese model and trying to, you know, find fault. And I think that there's a there's a couple of just things that lined up on this one. The EMS was not close. Right. Dispatch may, I don't know if it's a dispatch's fault, but they didn't give a adequate you know, uh, call notes for this. Somebody, somebody did. The fire department also didn't move with the level of intent that they probably should have from this. And who knows what the transport time was to the hospital right. um, on this. Because, you know, the preventing cardiac arrest in excited delirium is very different than management of cardiac arrest in uh, excited delirium. And there's things that you can do in the ER that you can't do in the ambulance. for right. This. right. I mean, I bet his potassium was super high. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, there's all kinds of things that he don't look good right there. They just though. don't have the resources for. So this uh, is the uh,
2: th- this is a different body cam that one of the guys who was originally down on the ground with this posture drives me nuts. I know though, for the fire. I know, firefighter. <laughs> I know, and you can see the paramedic back there. He's just shown up. They told him to like look for the drugs under there. But I, I wanted you to see what he what he has here in his hands because I think it's perfect. Go ahead and play it, Lennon. Um, um, uh, like and he's throwing my monitor on the bat on the, the stretch right now. Did, go ahead and pause it. What do you
1: think that is? I'll why, tell you what why? I think that is. Yeah, good. I will bet that's his controlled substance box. Right. And he fully anticipated to come up and spray some Versed up this guy's nose or Ketamine or something. Right. So. But why didn't he have his? But why didn't and he stuff? bring his other stuff? What uh, that—that's what uh, it, it, now. So I—I I, I guess it's, it's maybe fair it's to, a culture thing. So it's fair to point out, no. to the listeners because we have, like I said, some pretty aggressive protocols when it comes to ex- excited delirium. For all of our protocols, with the exception of that, if we give a medication, they need to be on a cardiac monitor. Would you agree with that? If you had oh, if yeah. you started, I don't think IV, that that
2: would be different anywhere in the
1: country. No, but. With the exception, the only ALS drug that we're approved to give off the top of my head that I can think of right now without a patient being on a monitor is in the emergent setting of excited delirium. Now, whether that's IM ketamine, intranasal Versed or whatever, we know, and we have our protocols that the police even have like a tactical blanket that they can like, they know not to even make contact. Right. Right. right? They will, if somebody's contained to a corner or, or something, they'll just keep their distance, wait for EMS to show up. We'll go up there, get them with that tactical blanket and sure. then spray some for setup. Well, that, that's what I think is and so he, badass. Is that,
2: that you, And for people who don't know how, how ambulances works and how they store those drugs, those are controlled substances. Don't call them narcotic boxes. Don't call them the narcs because there's probably not any narcs in there. Well, there might be if there's morphine or something like that. But they're mostly benzodiazepines. There might be paralytics. There might be narcotics in there. It doesn't matter. But they're controlled substances is what's in there. Mm-hmm. And the DEA is one of the few federal reg- regulations that, you know, exist for EMS with the exception of your – your ANSI-approved safety vest that you're supposed to wear. Um, but uh, your your controlled substances, if they're in an ambulance, typically have to be double locked. So they have to be um, in a lockable safe, and then maybe that lockable safe is locked by the truck, right? It has right. to be double locked in. And so for this guy to have the wherewithal, when he got out of his truck, he would have had to go into the back of his truck, open right. up the door, mm-hmm. then go into a safe, and pull out those to get there in case he needed to give Versed or, or ketamine or whatever it was that he might've been given, which is, which is great. Um, but I also think that just now that I see that he has that, I would just wonder if it's a culture thing because there's yeah. co- different cultures in EMS who this place over here, we're bringing everything in every time. And you go to other places
1: well, and, and we, that's, that's not the normal thing that they do. When we talk about like, you know, getting calloused or call callus. Like I wonder, Peggy didn't do it. I wonder how many she didn't bring her stuff in. with excited delirium. I you mean, he Peg, seemed he, he his body.
2: You, how do you think Peggy would have done if she would got to this call?
1: Exact same as she did at the Illinois call. About she'd this have looked down at, at Javante and said, "Javante, yeah, get your ass up. What's your birthday?" <laughs> Isn't that what
2: she kept asking Did you the, see that she got she get in charge with another crime because she called one of the cops and said, "Hey, hey, hey mm-hmm. man, um, can you?" Tell them that uh, I didn't think that this was really serious. Something, something like that. Like she tried to like tamper with a witness oh. after she got arrested, or something like that. I didn't know anyway, that. But anyway, carry I anyway. I,
1: I assume that Peggy's gonna go to jail for quite some time. The the point I want to make on on this, and like you said, with this guy with the controlled substance, is it is a cultural deal, and I think it's a co- he's he's confident or competent because. He knows that he's probably going to have to medicate this guy with a sedative, and he's still walking up calmly and without his monitor. Right. So I think it's a you know it's probably a cultural deal, and I think that he's he felt. I I just wonder what the incidence of excited delirium is in and around Charlotte, North Carolina, with this EMS crew, and if they see it a lot because it seems to me like they're kind of calloused and they've probably seen it a fair amount of times where they run up. They snow this guy with some nasal verset or whatever. They throw him on the stretcher, they mm-hmm. put him in the back of the ambulance and, you know, four-point restraints but this and put him on the was monitor. this
2: guy just a bit past that. He was too far. Is, I think yeah, it is. He so far. now th- we're on a, uh, the 11th video, different cop, and now he's all the way out of the street. Uh, Javante has already been loaded up into the ambulance. There's a firefighter who's up at the head of the bed. The EMT is up by the on the left side of the head, and the paramedic is on the right side of the head. And then there's another firefighter who's standing right here. So go ahead and play it, and just you know listen listen to the noise that's made. I mean, just stop right there. What do you
1: hear? Uh, he's suctioning. He
2: he's suctioning. Yeah. Him. And so we got we got an airway issue,
1: and he's do he's he's doing what he's supposed to. Yeah. Again. And and even with even with a successful and, and non-complicated and easy intubation, right. this guy still has cardiac arrest. That, right. th- 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 and we don't know if they have
2: RSI, whether or not matter. they can even intubate that the That
1: spontaneous cardiac collapse after sure. RSI or just even regular endotracheal intubation yeah. with positive pressure ventilation, that may have been just enough PEEP or whatever to obstruct cardiac output. And, and that was the could, could that was the straw that broke the camel's back. It happens time and time again that you innovate a critically ill person, whether you are a sidem or not, mm-hmm. and then they code shortly after. Sure, you know? sure. And so, um, yeah, go, go ahead and keep playing
2: it, buddy. And so just let this play out. And you, you can hear him up there feverishly working on the airway. He's he's delegating to his partner. Listen to She's listening to the lungs. Set. I don't know if he's yeah. attempting to intubate. It's hard to tell. Well, well he's not because he's, he's, he's over the right on the right shoulder. Yeah, he's
1: over on the side. So there's
2: there's no Her way. Left
1: shoulder, I should say. It sounded like he was getting a manual blood pressure just then. Might
2: might be, yeah. And, and they, they talk a bit about... And NPA and basic airway maneuvers as well. And so now they're getting ready to cut the rest of
1: his clothes off to do, you do a assessment. He said, Do you feel any radial at all? Meaning, does this guy have a blood pressure? Does he, does he have a pulse with this? I think is probably right. what he's kind of alluding to. There. Yeah.
2: And so, yeah.
1: Yeah. He He's, he's
2: clearly going downhill. But go, Lennon, go to that 12th video. And then this is just a clearer shot of, of, what, what the guy said earlier. So just go just go ahead and play it. This is the bigger cop. Get rid of them worthless fucks. Pause it. I just thought I'd play that. Get rid of them worthless fucks. I mean, it,
1: you, you know. It's, it's got to be frustrating. It's got to be frustrating to you know, be sitting there waiting. I, I, I know that that phrase has probably been uttered by the police and fire department and the right. community I live in um, for delayed response times. Sure, uh, sure. Over the past couple years, and um, so it sounds like it's not isolated to just just this area, and we've got to find a way to be better, um, or better staff, ambulances, get more paramedics out there, and sure, keep them from going to nursing school. Look at look at this guy. Look at look at
2: I. There needs to be a meme out of this positive meme because he's good. He's good at what he does. I, I don't know the guy's name, but he's good yeah, at what hey, he does. Cu-
1: absolutely, kudos to the EMT and paramedic here. I think but but
2: did. I think you had already pointed this fact out. What he said here, but I just I like this screenshot because she's down there doing what she's supposed to be doing, mm-hmm. and the firefighters are now involved, mm-hmm. and and they're helping. And this this paramedic, he's delegating and he's leading. He's providing leadership, but just listen to what he says. Go ahead and go ahead and play it.
0: He's breathing. He's breathing
1: an adequate rate, but his title volume is absolute trash. Also, he has a ton of secretions in his airway right
2: now.
0: Yeah, he's parietal right now. Yeah,
2: and you had said that earlier, but it was just clear right here that he says he's peri arrest right now, and so he he
1: clearly knows. You know what we call that, that in the ICU? What do you call that in the ICU? Slow coding. We're slow coding this guy. We, slow coding. Yep. Doesn't matter what you do. This they're about to get ready because we're gonna we're about to code them.
2: How does a um, deaf gy- deaf gynecologist do his job? He slowly. He, he reads lips.
1: <laughs> I don't know. You should keep that in. <laughs> He's deaf. He reads lips. I yeah. I I understand the joke. So anyway, that, that that's
2: that's the rest of the video. That that's the rest of the videos. Those are, those are the high points. And just I I cannot believe. I mean, I know that there's prot- protesters out there, and there's a lot of stuff going on right now because they're mad that it took so long and there was people saying that he was just laying there and nobody was really doing anything for anybody who picks apart these three crews I would rank collectively the three of them put together in the top probably 5% to respond to this type of call. They didn't shoot the guy. They didn't kick the shit out of him. They the the cops recognized multiple cops recognized the excited delirium they 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 called out to manage his airway they 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 did a good takedown they flipped the guy over right away um, they gave a good report probably the best report I've ever heard from a law enforcement officer mm-hmm. about excited delirium yes I agree with you the fire guys were were, were slow rolling the whole thing but once but they got direction but once a paramedic showed up who was like this is what we're doing yep and, and just the line that I'm never – I'll never forget it the rest of my life watching this video. That this guy says, especially with George Floyd dying with his hands behind his back and a knee on his neck and Tyree Nichols mm-hmm. basically beat to death. And all it might have taken is to re- get them out of that position in the first place mm-hmm. early on enough maybe. Yeah. I don't know. And he, this guy, and this was six. This was six months ago. So this was before Tyree Nichols. Mm-hmm. He has the wherewithal on that scene to say, "Look, first thing we got to do, we got to take gotta these get cuffs it. off." And I just can't believe how perfect that was, and what a learning experience it was for everybody who's watching this. That the way that paramedic ran that call, and is how you should have run that call, and the way those cops ran that call is how you should run that call.
1: I give 100%. a hundred percent every single. Person that I've seen involved in this call gets a passing grade. Uh, a handful of the law enforcement officers. A C minus would be the lowest grade I'd give out. The EMT and the paramedics, they get an A plus. Oh, absolutely. I'd I'd let them teach this course. You know yep. what I'm saying? They yep. they did an incredible job. It's terrible what happened to this guy that, that he died. Um, it sounds like it was... You know, cocaine intoxication led to excited delirium. I don't, I don't know that anything anybody could have done different to prevent it, with the exception of that happening closer and this to is, somewhere this that is, has an ALS ambulance.
2: And this is one of those calls where it's rare that and and I don't think sixty seconds would have mattered because I hate it. I hate yeah. the the ten seconds, the sixty seconds. Had they got there. Ten minutes earlier, and sedated the guy while he was still excited yeah. and spazzing out. That that's the yeah. only intervention that probably could could have helped at that point. And it's nobody's fault in these videos that that happened.
1: Yeah, I, I wonder if I'm if we're just kind of spitballing here. They the law enforcement had to do what they did because they could not let him enter that residence. Right. Right. But he was already excited before. I know, but if they would have been able to keep the distance, like I said earlier, like the protocols for the police department we work with, if they recognize an excited delirium and the person is not a threat to themselves, to the general public, they will leave them. If they're in a car, if they're in a corner, they've got them in an alleyway or whatever, they'll keep their distance and they'll wait for EMS to show up. That may have been the only thing that could have changed this but they couldn't let him go in that yeah. house. But I didn't see, yeah, and I, I I see your point, but I I don't
2: think he would have I don't think he escalated a lot when they took him down. I know I cuz he I, was spazzing out. I, yeah, I, but I I, I see, he just didn't give him as much of a chance to to calm down, I suppose. But um the, so so who who's to blame? Well, well I, it's hard it's hard <laughs> it's hard to give an answer of of who's to blame, but I'm just going to give my little spiel on this that that This is a big metro area that they work in. Mm -hmm. They're covering a whole city, and it sounds like probably a whole county uh, with police and EMS. And a tiered response system has to be a a big player because if – and I don't know if this is the case, but if it took 20 minutes for them to get there because there was a closer unit who was on some priority three call Mm -hmm. or something like that. That's part of the problem. Part of the problem is 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 just the abuse of the nine one one system in the first place, and that these guys are spending so much time running prior, low priority calls as if it's a priority one call. Right. Still running lights and sirens. Stall. Right. All this. And you know, so I, I'm just making a guess that that has to play a role. I don't think that the this this response time was twenty minutes because just just because they have low staffing. Mm-hmm. It's an entire system across the country of we don't prioritize our calls correctly mm-hmm. and then stuff like this slips through the cracks because a normal response time for, for something like this would be somewhere less than 10 minutes, yeah,
1: five to seven minutes. and it took
2: them so. 20 minutes. I, and that could have been the difference.
1: So I, I understand I understand where you're coming from with the with the response time takes the blame. Um which and, is and, rare and, uh, it's and rare. I that I, it no, takes I get, the blame And and it takes the blame in the sense that this ended probably the way that it did. But ultimately, for me, the responsibility falls on this guy, right? Uh, unpopular opinion, but w- this whole thing would have been prevented minus the drug intoxication and excited delirium. And there has to be some accountability and responsibility that comes from the person sure. in the first place. It's possible that with a different response time or whatever, this would have had a different outcome, but it never should have happened to begin with. And mm-hmm. I'm not blaming the guy, but I kind of am. Ultimately, he has to also oh, take yeah. some responsibility for it. An obese person
2: it. dies of cardiac arrest and, and the paramedics screw up. Well, I mean, at some point,
0: well.
1: Yeah, I, mean, they're, they're, I, I, see, I see your point with that. I, I really we thought, to we were dis- I thought we were gonna disagree more on this whole thing. I feel like we well, you like his stash way more than I do. You're right, and and I thought that the his delivery is perfect
2: though. If I, I'm going to be using this video for years to come in 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 my in my teachings and stuff yeah. like that, and I would I would I hope that that guy is as cool to hang out with yeah. as he as he looks. Yeah, man. If, if the, he if he comes scenes.
1: across this 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 video or or podcast or whatever, reach yeah. out to us because. Uh, that he, I thought that they and, did and, a great and, job. And
2: the, and the cops, especially that first dude, um, was was no, Gianni, he was on it. Was, for was, sure. was was Gianni on the spot? So um, overall, um, tragic incident all around. And um, I'm glad we got to talk about it. I think Lennon's tired back there, but um, we'll catch up on the next episode.
1: All right, man. See you later.